0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss.
1: How you doing, Todd?
0: Good Jeremy. How about yourself?
1: Oh, real good. Real good. I love I tell you, I love that intro. <laughs> Every time I hear it, I like I literally It's keep, growing on me. Oh man, I keep thinking like why have I not grown a mullet yet? Like I need to be wearing a leather jacket with a mullet <laughs> and sunglasses. You know, a mullet with a spiked hair on top. Like n I don't know, I just hear like eighties. I'm like, oh this is it. this is my childhood right here. <laughs> oh, so what have you been up to this week?
0: Uh trying to dodge some rain this week. Uh had my round two shingrix vaccine and then uh had two days of uh living Hades on because of that.
1: What's shingrix? Uh,
0: it's a shingles vaccine. Oh wow. Uh, and I don't know if I had uh chicken pox as a child because no one's alive that knows that. Oh, okay. And uh but I know my both my siblings did, so I can just assume I did uh, and I know a couple of older relatives that had uh outbreak of shingles uh, mm. I don't want that, <clears throat> so I went and got the shingles vaccine, and the first one was back in January, and I had those uh the only real problem I had with it then was the that night I had the shivers really i mean, so bad. I thought uh, and wished I was going to die for a minute. Oh, wow. Uh, but it just that and a, some joint pain, no, no big deal. Hmm. Uh, this time I had just a tiny bit of shivers that first night, but then I woke up with a cluster headache and then had that all day and all night. I woke up fine this morning, but hmm. uh, and you have a headache, and then that the next level is a migraine, and the next level is cluster headaches and oh, wow. i used to have them when i lived in florida but
2: uh, oof. Hmm. uh so that, about 11 it?
0: o'clock 11 no um yeah it's almost 12 o'clock noon yesterday i i about blacked out so i had to go go to bed
1: oh wow oh. and then are you done is it just the two shots and yeah yeah oh, it's I, the first one
0: and a booster and you're good oh, okay and one of the older folks that i know that had shingles outbreak it was months wow of months and oh no way yeah yeah like my mother-in-law had it It was a couple days my father-in-law caught it in time and went and had the medicine they give you at like the emergency room yeah uh and he was able to fight it back, for, I mean, very, fairly quickly, so it wasn't bad for him. But the other two folks I know, it was just months of horrendous pain.
1: Yeah. Oh, I knew commercials, like the sometimes you see those commercials for the different drugs for him, like, oh, man, that doesn't sound like a good time. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No,
0: no, no. And the, oh, God, the, uh, <clears throat> The pharmacist who gave me the the shot was the worst shot giver in the world.
1: <laughs> Did you miss a few times or what? <laughs> oh,
0: no, I've never had a shot that uh, I bled like that afterwards since oh, wow. my, I went to basic training. Wow. And you get like 20 shots in one day.
1: <laughs> That's crazy. They just hop you up with stuff and you, and you join, don't they?
0: Uh, well, yeah, because you go through the vaccine line and we had the old pneumatic guns. Uh, <laughs> holy, holy old crap! They'll rip you open if you if you flinch. Wow! They'll rip you open, and uh,
1: I've never heard of that, but it sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. So it's not um, like an individual syringe, one at a time.
0: No, you might get um, up to four or six at a time.
3: Oh man.
0: And the gun has the syringes on it, and each pull of the trigger is one dose. Oh. Um, but you might be getting up to four at a time.
1: Does it actually? Is it like when you say pneumatic? Does it sound like a, a air nailer? <laughs> like is that a? No, no, Oh, no, okay. Because no. that would be terrifying. <laughs> I think that sound <laughs> into your arm would. Oh. You Add don't
0: the. hear anything when they push the button, but when they release it, obviously, whatever air cylinder they're using has to exhaust. So, you know, you hear the, yeah. Wow. Really? Are you using an air nailer on me?
3: Yeah. That's crazy. It was
0: so bad because a lot of people that were never scared of needles go through basic and now they're scared of needles. I was Mm. the exact opposite. Oh, really? I was scared of needles until that day. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this is the worst kind of shot you can get ever. Oh, okay. No problem.
1: Yeah. I don't scared like, of it anymore. I used to be fine with needles, and then, like, it's probably like grade four or five, one of my cousins went to get a needle, and the needle broke off in his arm. And then they actually just, like, the doctor had to come in, they kind of just squeezed it out, and, uh, oh, man, he said it hurt so bad. And ever since then, I'm always like, oh, my goodness, what if they break a needle off in my arm, <laughs> you know? But
0: Yeah, I've actually had that happen to me. Um, really? On a flu shot. But it broke off. It was a tiny bit hanging out, you know, because they didn't put the needle all the way in. That's why it broke. Yeah. And uh, uh, they're like, oh, my God, let me go get some forceps. And I just reached over and there you go.
1: Yeah. We're good. You know, I got the flu shot one time, and that was the only year I've gotten the flu more than once. Usually, well, I'll go like, I don't know, I might get the flu once every five years. Like, generally, I'm just phenomenally healthy. Like, colds don't get them often. flus don't get them often. Uh, Like, ever since the old pandemic, I haven't had one cold, one, like, flu, like, nothing. And then probably five years ago, I thought, ah, you know what? We're going to go get a flu shot just to try it out. And uh, I got the flu three times that year, and I got a bad three different times. And so I I don't know what the deal was, and I know the flu's always changing, but... Based on that experience, I'm like, no, I'm good without a flu shot. You guys can get yours, but I usually don't get the flu, and then I get the shot, and I got it three times that year. Maybe it's just the way my body reacted with it, or who knows, or just happenstance. It just happened to be that way, but, yeah.
0: Did you hear that roaring coming from my end? No. Okay.
1: What's happening there?
0: It's coming through my end. Uh, It's just rain.
1: Oh, right on. I think I can kind of hear it.
0: Yeah, it's huh. raining that hard.
1: Wow, that's cool. Yeah, we had uh, last weekend. We had a bunch of rain. Like I, I would say we probably got two to three inches of rain, which is good because we were like super dry. And uh, man, now everything's like greened up. It was nice and sunny yesterday, and oh, th- this is like the the most beautiful time of year here other than fall i like fall too but you know in the spring when everything's nice and wet and then the sun comes out and the green just explodes you know oh i love it i was looking out this morning having my coffee i'm like this is just phenomenal gotta take a picture because it it doesn't last too long around here
0: yeah no kidding you blink you'll miss it yep well like you know you know, I used to live for <clears throat> four and a half years, close to where you live, yep. you know. Five uh, hours Up south. in Great Falls, Montana, uh, mm-hmm. stationed at Malmstrom Air Force Base. Uh, the weather up there is odd because you can have, you know, obviously, winter, and then spring, and then one day of summer, back to winter, spring, summer.
3: Yeah.
0: Winter, summer. But this is all in the same month. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. I know. I got there in uh, July 30th, I think, of 1992, and it snowed August 5th, and I'm like, Yeah. Where am I at? Yeah. Oh, Montana. Never mind.
1: Yeah. So we. Uh, and the next day
0: it was 85 degrees again. You're like, Really? Oh yeah.
1: Yeah because uh, it was two weekends ago we went cycling and it was uh we were 28 degrees celsius which i don't know that might be like almost 80 fahrenheit if i was to guess and then a few days later it starts raining and i had to take some packages into the city and there were cars like i, I guess the west side of the city got like two and a half inches of snow <laughs> like these cars are driving around with snow on top i'm like are you kidding me like I was sweating in a t-shirt and shorts, and yeah, no, it's. I remember one year. There was one year that we got snow every single month. May, June, July, August, like every single month. September, that we didn't have one month where it didn't snow. Now, not not all that stuck around, but that's really crazy, crazy weather we have here. And it's all because of the Rockies. You know, we got weird things blowing over the mountains, and then, pow!
0: What? How dare the earth? <clears throat> interfere with the weather. How That's dare right.
1: it? That's right.
3: How
0: how dare
1: you? I,
0: but, I, you know, Greta would be like, it's not the Rockies, man. Yeah. It's carbon, man.
1: Yeah. It's so funny. No. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You had
0: a very interesting thing happen this week. Did you not?
1: Uh, very interesting. No. With what?
0: Well, funny, interesting, not interesting, interesting.
1: I don't know which one you're talking about. Give me Oh, no, there's more than one. No. no, no.
0: <laughs> with your neighbors. The neighbors saw the pot mm. house, the grow house saw.
1: Yes. Yeah. So the, this like the ongoing battle. Probably started last year at this time, maybe a little earlier in the year. Um super long story short, some people came from the city. At the start of the pandemic, because they wanted to grow their own food, I guess. Asked my neighbor, who's the nicest guy in the world. Like, I, I could go over there and say, listen, I need your truck. I need your pickup truck. Will you please give it to me? Because it would help me out more than I'll help you. You give it to me. Anyways, let's them put a garden in. Let's them put their fifth wheel there. Then they asked if they could take their own garden out of his pasture where they had parked their fifth wheel. And he said, sure. And then... Long story, next thing, they're building this monstrosity of a structure that was like kind of based loosely around a full-size shipping container. And from there, I don't know what the span of the trusses were, but it's it's basically like a slant roof building. And the highest point of the slant was probably about 20 feet high. And then it came down to the height of the shipping container, which we'll say maybe is like 9 feet. Uh, but, and it was, it was probably... I don't know how wide it was or how long the roof was, but I'm thinking it was like 40 or 50 feet. It was massive. And, uh, anyways, these, these people are certain type of people, the certain part of the city of Calgary they were from. And I don't want to be judgmental, but it's, that's how it is, right? You you can't say, oh yes, I I put a, a really high end hotel in Compton. Uh, I mean, Compton's Compton. That's how it works. And you're not judging. You're not, it's just, they're from a part of the city. That isn't, it's, it's not the safest thing. And you go drive through there. If you roll your windows down, all you smell is marijuana, Like, it's just pot. That's all you smell. It smells like a bunch of skunks live there. Anyways, I talked to my neighbor and said, listen, <laughs> what are they doing? What are they building? He said, oh, it's a self-contained, um, self-sufficient, off-grid food production greenhouse. And he always emphasized the food. And I was just food. like, oh, yeah, I think it's a pothouse. Anyways, this thing was also super janky. Like the, 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 the roof, I would bet, you know, say if you have the main header board, which wasn't a board is just like a two by eight, it's not like an engineered laminated board that it should be. There's probably of heat, like ups and downs and waves. I would say not exaggeration, like eight to 12 inches, like from the road, if you're about 200 feet away from this structure, you can see it's going up and down and it's supposed to be a straight plane. And I just like no I said you know what if if somebody gets hurt here Marcos you're liable because it's your land. And I said I said what about their permit? He goes no they don't need a permit. And I said yeah they do like it's these things are coming to the ground uh it's not you know if you have just a shipping container that's you don't need a permit for that because that can be picked up and moved that's a temporary structure. So if they're putting this thing and anchoring it to the ground it is a full on building and you need a permit. If it's over 100 square feet in this county that we live you need a permit. Anyways, no, 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 they don't, they don't. And it was, it was kind of a thing. And I said, Marcos, listen, and two, like, I mean, admittedly, it looks absolutely disgusting. Right. And my thoughts are like, okay, everyone around here has worked hard, has paid the money to buy land, paid the money to build their house so that they could have a nice little place out and away from people. Like ultimately, if you live out of town, it's a choice, right? Right. And yet these, these guys want to come out from the city and build this eyesore that they don't have to look at every day. And I'm just supposed to sit back and twiddle my thumbs and be like, oh, and at the same time, you know, it's conflicting for me because I don't, I think, you know, you should be able to do whatever you want within reason. But I don't like, you know, the less government regulation on my life, the happier I am at the same time. You know, we have these things with, with building permits and the the counties approving things, because what if all of us and I just decided, hey, I'm gonna put in a tire recycling plant on my in my on my property. Well, you know, that's not fair to my neighbors, <laughs> you know. So I understand no, the would, checks and balances. Like like that most would of it affect
0: your neighbors, right? Yeah. You yeah. Know, freedom is all about you do whatever it is you want to do as long as it doesn't affect someone else exactly. in a negative way.
1: Exactly. And my big concern is I'm like, so these people were pretty, I, I don't want to, whatever. My boys would be playing their guitar out on the front deck and they'd drive by and finger them. So I'm like, okay, so this is the type of people I'm dealing with. And I'm, you know what? I'm fully making a judgment call. If, if you look like a piece of garbage and you're going to finger a kid playing a guitar, he wasn't being obnoxiously loud, but he played, they played for six hours straight and it was driving them nuts. And it's like, dude, I own this land. Why don't you go back to your little part of the city in that little slum that you live in? I said, these are the people I'm dealing with. Okay, boom, done. So I said to my neighbor, I said, listen, I said, I'm not playing any games here. I said, you have them get a permit. If I don't see the permit stapled to the fence, because you have to do it, like you legally have to put a little piece of plywood there and stapled so that without entering the property, we can look at the permit. I said, if I don't see that and they're working there, I'm calling the county. And I said, if they find out you are building something illegally, you can get fined and it's on you. So I would strongly suggest you go out there and have a talk with them and tell them they're no longer able to do this until they get a permit. Anyways, soured my relationship with that neighbor, obviously. Uh, But the way I looked at this was that, you know, say in, in two years they get this project done and they're growing a bunch of marijuana. I... And, and, and the kind of people that are involved in that activity and, and what's it going to be like, are they going to like distribute out of there? Like, I don't even know how the drug scene works, but I know you don't really want to be hanging around with drug dealers, drug, drug. It's, it's not something I want any involvement with whatsoever. And I'm like, so now all of a sudden, you know, fast forward two years, if I just sat on my thumbs, like a little pacifist income poop, um. Now all of a sudden we got these shady characters in and out and my family's right across the road. I'm like, ah, if I could have just spoken up right now, I would far rather not end up in that situation. So anyways, what ended up happening, and this is something I just learned, they did apply for a permit and I think it was October. Because my other neighbor, my, my next-door neighbor beside me, he was a retired city cop, and it bothered him. All of us had, had talked to each other at some point in this construction saying, what the heck is going on? Uh, one of my neighbors actually rode her horse in there and said, listen, you guys got to get a permit. This is looking terrible. You don't even know what you're doing. And she's an old, you know, old cow cowgirl, and she talks like that and uh, kind of a real spitfire of a lady. She, I think she's like 80, and she still competes. Just great lady, and, you know, she'll tell anything to anyone's face, but... Um, and so we're kind of all on board and he said, well, I wonder why they stopped building. And so I let him know, I said, I actually told him they had to, or else I was going to call the county and, re- and report this building. So anyways, um, he called and, and said, listen, I don't think they have a permit here because he said, I, I don't want this going on. Cause they were kind of coming back and kind of looking at stuff. I said, no, no, they got a permit for it. And he goes, oh, okay. He goes, yeah, they permitted a, a garden shed. And he said, what, what do, what do you mean a garden shed? said, yeah, they're building like uh it looks like a small hip roof barn garden shed. He goes, okay. He says, I think you guys should come check this out because that's not what uh, they're actually building here. Anyways, inspector came out, took a bunch of photographs, left, like didn't enter the property. As soon as they left, my neighbor came roaring out on his quad and locked the gate up to the property. <laughs> and then uh, all winter they've been hauling tires. Like they probably have about four to 500 tires sitting like I'll buy this pile of junk and old bricks. Like literally someday they'll just go back and forth all day long with a bobcat, with a pallet of tires, another pallet of tires. And it was funny because he started hauling this stuff away, but he wasn't using the road because the road, you know, goes from the front of his property into this yard. It's the shortest way. He's going around through his fields, and I think it's so that we, we don't see him. Uh, but anyways, they came out, was that last weekend? Yes, last, no, it was the weekend before the weekend before, and they took down the entire roof. And so they're done, they're gone. And, uh, yeah, so it's kind of like a battle that we've been fighting for over a year and, oh, it felt so great. I saw them taking it all down. I'm like, this is just wonderful, but uh, you know what, from their standpoint, I bet they made bank (laughs) on all that wood, (laughs) because I'm not joking. They had this really like a commercial big cube van. You know, like with a, like maybe a Daewoo or some yeah. st- big, big cube van. Like something you could, big, like not just a pickup truck with a cube van. Like a Hertz rental van. Yeah. Like the yeah, big one Yeah, for ones. the American audience. Yeah, there you go. And they had that thing stacked to the gills with plywood. Like the the plywood, when they're stacking it at the end, it was a, probably, I would say, five feet high. They were like lifting it at shoulder height, loading it in. I'm like, wow, that's a lot of money right there. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, so that's my long story about fighting with my neighbors. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you got to stand up. You got to speak out a little bit, you know.
0: Absolutely. Um It yeah. Like you said, it's it's kind of tough cuz we're all about freedom, but but. Mhm. You know, I'm also about, you know, doing things as safe as they can be done. And not every law regulation in place makes sense. Some do. Um, And I also don't want uh, my neighborhood going to pot. So community is one of the things we have to fight for, too. And, like, my community out here is, you know, two houses, um, my community used to be, you know, 3,500 houses,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but you know, you want your community to be safe for your children. And, um, as we all know, children aren't the smartest creatures, you know, in and of themselves. They're going to go play. They're going to go do stuff. And if something looks like a lean to roof that, uh, almost reaches the ground, Think about it from a kid's point of view. That's a ramp. Oh, yeah. Or a slide. Yeah. You know, uh, no. So we're not going to put up with that kind of stuff. And, it, it, you know, if you're from that area and you've lived that, in that area your whole life, you kind of know the kind of people and the kind of intent. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you
2: know, and, like and, here,
0: um, the lady down the that owns the property ad- adjoining us uh, has like 250 acres. She uh, harvests rock out of there, uh, architectural rock. And when we first bought the house and moved in, they were pulling rock and driving it out of here 1 a.m. Sunday night. Like, oh, wow. Nobody does business at 1 a.m. on a rock quarry. ever yeah something fishy going on so i you know when we finally met the lady who owns it she's very very elderly and i just said hey what's up with you know these in the middle of the night rock runs she's like what do you mean they should only be working from this time to this time uh no and at first she didn't believe me and then she got to thinking about it because one of her supervisors you know facing felony charges she didn't say for what um, and I don't even think she meant to say that. Yeah. You know, let it slip out, but it did. <laughs> and it hasn't happened but once since then. So.
2: Hmm.
0: Interesting. And I firmly, firmly believe there's some, something being grown out there because she only comes out to do payroll and to, to drive around on her property. Mm-hmm. And there's some places out there she can't just get to with her truck. Yeah. I'm just saying, you know.
1: Yeah, and 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 I just
0: found out yesterday. Oh my God! I almost... Oh, this will get under your skin. Old man came to the door yesterday. Uh, Great watchdog, Benny is too. By the way, Uh, didn't see him till I did.
1: (laughs) Really? Really? Come on, Benny.
0: But uh, strangely enough, Benny was looking at me with the same kind of thought. I'm like, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, and it turns out he's a guy that lives down the street the other way. Um, he's the actual closest neighbor that's two miles away. Okay. And, uh, and he looks like his yard looks like a stereotypical middle of Kentucky or Tennessee mountains hoarder,
3: right? Yeah, yeah.
0: Got rusting out vehicles, rusting out equipment. His barn is literally falling into the road. Wow. Um, it's split open on one of the corners, <clears> and the contents <throat> are just blah, yeah. out on the road. And uh, <clears throat> came to the door and uh, didn't know who that was at first, but answered, you know, hey, how how can we help you? And he's like, oh, I'm so and so, I live right there. Oh yeah, absolutely, got gotcha. you. And he you know talked for a little while. Uh, turns out he's, He's very rude and crass about it, but in a kindly old man kind of way. He wanted to buy that uh, uh, dump bed truck I bought, right, that I'm working on. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, you know, I need it for hauling firewood. How much do you want for it? Well, I have more in it than it's worth, so I can't sell it. Mm -hmm. That's the way my brain works, unless you're going to give me more than it's worth. Yeah. Well, how much do you want for it? Well, I just told you what I got in it. Literally, right before you said that, I said what I have in it. Yeah. So, you know, let's not talk about that anymore. Yeah. And uh, anyway, he's like, oh, yeah, you know, the house sat empty for almost two years. Yes, sir. Uh, Yeah, I had to come out here because a couple of or this Mexican guy had a bobcat and he was tracking up the yard uh, and coming up from the bottom with a bunch of rock. What do you mean? Yeah, they were coming into the property because nobody was here, taking advantage of that and stealing rock.
1: Like your property he was coming into?
0: Yes, pallets of rock, of really? architectural rock.
1: Yeah. Really? Huh.
0: I told you, I still have pal- a couple of pallets down on the bottom that's full of rock wrapped in uh, shrink wrap. Wow. Yeah, they've been there for two years and you know, probably rotted out, but the rock is still there, you know, anyway. Yeah. So, and I thought the guy who lived here and died here uh, did that, and that wasn't, uh, and the old man was like, "Oh no, he didn't do anything with rock, huh Oh, great,
1: yeah, do you have any idea what a pallet of rock is worth? Just out of no, I'm trying to
0: find that out because yeah. I want to sell the rock to try to um get enough money to for the building materials to finish the shop, you know, yeah, yeah. Because I need to insulate it and then sheathe the inside walls, and I'm not paying <laughs> three to four times what OSB is worth. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. uh, and right now, <clears throat> our market here is one of the most expensive for that. Hmm.
1: Um,
0: we're still we're above the national average.
1: Yeah, I've heard that. Like and the national there, average Kentucky is anywhere and- from
0: double to quadruple. You
1: know? Yeah.
3: Oh, it's just obscene! I think we're
0: still above eight dollars on a eight foot two by four. Wow! Not even select grade.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: And what? And it used to be two dollars and forty four cent.
3: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: And, but yeah. So before we bought the place, you know, somebody was stealing a bunch of rock off the land.
2: Hmm. Uh,
3: yeah. And, and you-
0: from what I can see, he was at it for a minute. Really, you know, huh. yeah. That's why I thought the guy who lived here was doing it. Yeah, you know, as a side hustle because there's so much of it missing.
3: Wow. Um,
0: but, that's uh, crazy. Yeah, there's a, uh, there's a hole down there, that's about half the size of this house. Oh wow. So, yeah, that's a thing.
3: Yeah, that
0: sucks. Um, yeah, yeah, and.
1: and, and- you know, that's the same thing with, uh, like, looking and not wanting this thing to be built. Um, and, and, like, thinking about your case with the lady and the people doing that stuff. There's there's some people in the world that are, that are good, good people, but to their detriment, they're entirely naive. Like, my neighbor across the street that granted his land and let these people do it. I think he's truly convinced that these people are honestly trying to do good. And he wants to be nice to them, you know? Or they're not suspicious, whereas, you know, people like myself and and yourself, too, kind of, you know, you see something going on and it's like, okay, it'd be nice to think that. But I'm always, I'm never hesitant to be like, or is it something else, right? And so it's, like you said, the community thing. And it's, you know, you're protecting that lady from whatever's going on by letting her know that, hey, they're apparently driving rocks out of here at one in the morning. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, sometimes you feel like the bad guy doing that. And then same thing like with your neighbor letting you know about this, about these guys doing this thing. I mean, there's nothing that could be done about it, but it's interesting, you know?
0: Well, well, I mean, part of that story, well, every once in a while we get the, all right, pause on that. Let me tell you this real quick so it might make sense. On either side of me and surrounding me, all around this part of the hollow here is – a hunt club Ooh. where they raise exotic animals and they bring in people with more money than sense, uh, and they go out and shoot an animal and call it hunting,
2: right? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right,
0: back to the story. Every once in a while we get the uh, uh, Tennessee Natural Resources cop that comes by, right, mm-hmm. just checking on their operation. And I was at the mailbox one day, and he just stopped. Hey, how you doing? Blah blah blah. And we got to talk talking. He's like, "Yeah," and he's a guy that thinks he's a an operator, right?
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Oh my god! It <laughs> never even was in the military, but he thinks he's a SWAT team guy, and <clears throat> it's just a a Department of Natural Resources fish counter.
1: Yeah, we're going fish cops. And.
0: and He's like, yeah. A couple of years ago, we had we got four hundred acres of marijuana out of here. Did you? Four hundred acres? Really? Four hundred acres? He said, like, "Oh, I meant uh, four hundred pounds." Yeah, I meant four hundred pounds. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, that sounds a lot better.
1: That's different. <laughs>
0: And he didn't expect me to know what an acre was, much less 400 of them, right? Yeah. He just wanted me to accept his BS. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not that guy. Yeah. That's funny. And uh, then when he's, he was like, well, you know, where are you from? Why did you buy this? How, you know, what have you done with your life? And I told him some select pieces of what I've done in my life. And then he, you know, started shrinking down in his seat a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. That's and, funny. So after meeting him and knowing that it was a big drug bust down here, I met the sheriff because I had talked to the old sheriff and then the, a new guy got elected and he came out and uh, not to meet me or anything. He was just trying to, he'd never been down here before. Uh, <clears throat> wanted to see where the road went. And uh, I was like, Oh yeah, you know, DNR told me this and you know, here's some suspicious things I've seen. And he's like, well, if you see anything, let me know. You know, I'm like, oh, sure, no problem. Uh, if I have any problems, like, and I told him about the guys that were, you know, uh, the teenagers that came in and trespassed. Yeah. And he's the sheriff that told me that, well, you know, it's going to take somebody an hour to get here, so do what you do and then let me know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, And then, you know, that's why, I, after knowing all of that, that's why I decided to you know, approach her and say, hey, I just want to let you know. And I wanted to see her reaction.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And she had a genuinely horrified reaction. Um, Now, she is doing some janky stuff down there. Because she's, one of the other things she said, well, do you know what I'm really doing down there?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: No. I thought you were farming hay and rock. Yeah. If there's anything more than that, I don't know. Just quit waking me up at one thirty a.m., okay? Yeah. And if the cops come, I hope they have the right address on the frickin' warrant. Yeah, yeah. Because somebody's getting laid out. They
1: did she, come uh, in my
0: house at 2 a.m.
1: Did she tell you what she's doing down there? What she's really doing down there?
0: No. Um, We're going to get a tour here soon. Danette went down there one day with her. Um, I wasn't <clears throat> able to go, uh, and it was just pouring down rain. So we weren't going to get out of the truck anyway. Um, only thing that we going down there for was to check a cell signal. Uh, okay. Yeah. She was putting up a wireless camera system on her gate. And we're like, we told you we have no cell signal down here. Yeah. Like literally the day before anyway. Um, so they went down there, verified that no, there really is no cell signal. And, uh, but We haven't had the tour yet, but that's that's coming up really soon. Uh, and I'm going to find out what, what else is going on down there. I have a suspicion I know what it is. And if it's just that, uh, I don't really care.
3: Do you want to share that?
0: I honestly don't care. It doesn't affect me. Um, you do you. That's between you and God. You know?
1: Yeah. What do you think it is? Sus- Suspect.
0: Either uh she's got a grow house down there, yeah, or she's pulling rock off of the somebody else's land again, because hmm. there she butts up against me on one side, uh county road on one side, and then the hunt club on the other.
1: Hm, interesting. Maybe she's shooting animals on the hunt club's property. <laughs> oh, that would be so for, awesome if she was for sport.
0: Um, poaching meat. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, that,
0: that would be so
2: awesome.
1: That's I'm funny. not going
0: to turn you in, but, you know, I have some room in my freezer.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: In an unrelated matter.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's but, crazy, all the all the laws that, I, I, I don't know. I've tried to find a different podcast, and I've been listening to you the meat eater podcast with Steve Renella, and, uh, they quite often talk about, at least lately, the different laws and regulations in regards to, you know, what you do with meat and what you could give away. And, uh, you know, they try and really, uh, so basically you can't ever barter or trade with these products, right? I, I think you can with like hides and mounts, but there have, there's regulations to that, but meat you cannot trade for right so say hey listen i'll butcher your deer for you if i can take a you know backstrap for myself that is illegal you know but and then so they always try and come up with these different gray areas or like you know trying a scenario and that's uh, kind of interesting but you saying that just <laughs> you saying that, hey, can you i'll be quiet if you give me some meat for my freezer it just reminded me of that
0: no you have to uh it has to be one barter removed yeah yeah and, and you this, can, like, if I took a deer, mm-hmm. I can give you meat yeah. with nothing in return. Yeah. Um, and it depends on what jurisdiction you are, because I believe I can barter with <clears> meat. <throat> hmm. Not every animal though.
3: Yeah.
0: Like deer, um, we have a, uh, a viral issue with our deer. Okay. Uh, it, it comes and goes, you know, east of the Mississippi every once in a while, uh, you know, through, you know, every so often in the generations of uh, white-tailed deer. And it has to do with their, uh I don't know what it has to do with, actually, because uh, I haven't cared enough to go look it up.
1: It's not chronic wasting disease?
0: Yeah, one of those. Oh, okay. And there's another, there's another neurological condition as well. Yeah. And here, they do free testing, and they really, really want you to, if you take a deer, get it get it tested first before you start chomping on it yeah
1: it's mandatory here actually
0: it may be here but it, it probably isn't no i'm yeah. gonna say it's not because i know it's not because um as a landowner out here i can just slaughter some deer hmm. especially if i had say one acre i was doing for hay production Yeah. and i just said that the, oh yeah there were um destroying my hay. I, yeah. I can just slaughter deer.
1: Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can- it's so uh, stupid. Yeah. We can, um, there's certain things that we can do too. Like like if they're, you can actually get them classified as a, like a, a, a pest, right? They're eating my crops or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think if you are the landowner to a certain extent, like if you're just, if you had a lot of land, you're just going out and wiping them out. I think it might be a different story, but uh, so CWD, chronic wasting disease- I don't know exactly what it is, but a lot of it has to do with malnourishment. I think, and I might be wrong here, but I've always understood it like this, or because I know that certain areas they want to control, the more they control the deer population, the less likely they get CWD and CWD is a result of too many deer on a, a land. And so where I, where I hunt, it's a certain zone, like zone 212, uh, it was never before are required to, to test because the city of Calgary is in there, you know, there's a lot of acreages and stuff. And so there's not a huge deer population for the amount of land that's here because there's people here and it just kept creeping slowly and slowly and slowly. And now even our zone, uh, when you get a tag, if you harvest an animal, you have to take it in. And basically it's just a head. They, they take a little sample of brain material cause it's chronic, uh, wasting disease. It has to do with their brain. It gets, I don't know. I don't know all the details about it, but, uh, you have to submit the head so you can cut the head off and if you're going to mount it or whatever, but yeah, it's too bad. I always thought, oh, good. This is nice. Cause it's, you know, the more you have to do with it. I mean, I, I hunt legally, you know, I, I do everything by the book and I tag and blah, blah, blah. And, but now it's like, okay, so I haven't gotten a deer since it was mandatory, but you know, if I do and I got to take the head off, got to take it into the fish and wildlife and it's just in Strathmore, it's not a big deal, but it's just one more step and it's like, ugh, you know, but. I guess too, you know, they need all the information so that they can properly manage, you know, the wildlife and stuff. I gotta get, uh, gotta get my hunt, my shooting on, so I'm ready for this fall. Take a deer, take a deer. Hopefully, without dry firing my, my bow.
0: But yeah, my dream one day is to be able to shoot a bow. But
1: oh, they're blast. Uh, we, we bought, I don't know if I mentioned here, but we bought the kids all bows for Christmas, like all of them. And, uh, and so they got like compound boys, actually my boys are shooting at 35 pounds right now and the minimum legal weight for hunting big game is 40. And so I think by the end of this summer, they're, they're trying to do like workouts and train so that they can pull back a 40 and if that's the case, and they can, they can go ahead and take their own animal too with a bow. Nice thing with bow hunting here is you have a much longer season, like uh, deer season, when does that start? November 1st, I think, uh, for rifle, and we have from September 1st. So we get a whole extra month, and the the beginning of September is usually still nice. You know, we're still like 70, 60, 70 degrees, uh, not a bunch of leaves on the ground yet, or if they are, they're still kind of moist, so they're not crackly. And the rifle season, man, that's when it's like starting to get cold, and the ground starts to get crunchy, so every time you take a step, you're letting everyone know. And I think the biggest reason that I hunt by bow by choice, uh, isn't because I really want the challenge. It's because I actually find it's almost easier <laughs> and it's a lot more comfortable. Cause I can be hunting in t shirt and, and jeans rather than have to put on my big stuff and but yeah. Last year, yeah, I mean
0: the problem with that though is you gotta um the reason I like hunting deer in cold weather is I can then age it a little easier.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. You
0: know, in warm weather hunting, you got to you gotta get on that slaughtering, I mean, like, immediately.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah if you can take it towards, like, the end of stuff, depending on what the weather's like, too. Uh, most of the times, I've been lucky enough that when I end up getting it, we're always dipping to freezing at night. And then by this point, my parents are usually down south, and so I'll just hang it in my dad's shop and – uh usually it'll be like around two degrees Celsius, like just above freezing in there. Cause he doesn't heat a shop all winter long. And uh, so it usually works out pretty good for me. But um, I was challenged by, have you, have you heard of the Sharp Carpenter on Instagram? No. So he's a woodworker, fine woodworker, but he also does um, knife making stuff. He just, I think he's a full-time like cabinet maker and stuff like that, but he's gotten really into knife making. Rodney is his name. He's from Ontario. Um, but he said, uh, you know, messaged a lot on Instagram. So I was like, how How do you ever feel about challenges? And I'm like, nah, I don't do challenges. There's one YouTube challenge that's that's going on is making a kitchen knife. And there's a whole bunch of like Blackbeard projects. Oh my God.
0: Everybody is making a kitchen knife.
1: Yeah. But, <sighs> but is, it, is this that challenge? Have you seen that challenge? No. Okay. So like, like Blackbeard projects, he's a pretty big guy, right? Like a million yeah. plus subscribers and him. Uh, and I don't it's think- your
0: fault, by the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Take credit. Sure. Um, I don't think Alex Steele is doing it, but there's some pretty big YouTubers and, um, there's no money in it for him. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, but they kept asking me like, we want you to do it. And I just never responded to the emails cause I, I, you know, I don't have to explain myself to anybody, but, um, and it's like, <laughs> do I want to challenge uh, like, and it, it's like a head to head. And so you basically do a full video on making this knife and then they have, I don't know if, what it was, like some, oh, like a Discord page or some way that the viewers of these different things can actually vote. And then they were starting a YouTube channel dedicated to this one single thing. You submit a little clip of this knife so that they could go uh, to this channel and watch one video and just see all the knives and then vote. <clears throat> and then the winner just gets uh, a title, right? So you won this. Is like the YouTubers, knife makers, internet or or invitational or something, and you win. You don't get anything, um, but it was just I was like, I don't want to do that. Like, why why would I do that? Like, I, I make the knives that I make. I better. Some people make better knives than me, and I make better knives than some people. I'm not communicating. I'm not uh, sorry. Competing with them. I'm competing with myself. Right. Like, I want to make sure my knife is always better and better and better. You know. So generally, I hate challenges, but uh, Sharp Carpenter. Challenged me to shooting your bow three days a week and a minimum, a minimum of twelve ar- arrows, and uh, so that's why I accepted his challenge. But that was about a week and a half ago, and I haven't shot once <laughs> since then. So, Rodney, if you're listening to this, I apologize. You win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I love that idea because you know. So, so last year I got my bow you know, out. F-
0: you know how funny you can make this, honestly. Oh. You accept this challenge, or any challenge on the internet, and then just don't do it. Yeah. And then at the end, just make a video going, you challenge me, I accepted, you win. Yeah, and then you
1: just that's right. I should accept all challenges. Shorts. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. I should be like, yeah, I'll do in your knife-making competition, but like, I didn't do it. You guys all win. <laughs> Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. You'd boost the numbers. Then they can say, you know, out of 200 people, I won. <laughs> yeah, but 50 of them didn't even do it. <laughs> Run a clip of Cartman.
0: Hey, screw you guys. I'm going home.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's funny. Oh, speaking of life, I'm going to try forging today, I think. Awesome. I yeah, have I...
0: company coming for the weekend. Oh, do you? Who? My brother and his wife.
1: All oh, right. On. Oh, I was going to tell you this too. We had company over last weekend, illegally. Oh! <gasps> I know. And he was Mom a lawyer. There. No, oh. uh, uh, my cousin, he lives in Toronto. Uh, I hadn't seen him for 16 years ago, I'd, I'd seen him. Um, super nice guy. Like, we were, he always, he lived in Edmonton, we lived in Calgary, so we only got together like, you know, two, three times a year. Um, one of the most gifted athletes I've ever known. Like, he he was a full scholarship uh, to McGill University uh, for football. And then he got injured. Um, anyways, couldn't finish playing, but he was at, at the very end. So he became a lawyer. And then he actually moved to New York City and practiced law there for a while. And then the same knee injury, he was playing basketball. Uh, something weird happened, and I don't know. He ended up he was married and they got divorced, and his wife moved back to whatever. So he moved to Toronto to be closer to her and the kids. Um, but they came out because my grandma, actually my grandma passed away what was that Monday? Uh, she's 93, I think 93. Yeah. And so he came out last weekend cause he wanted to see her. Right. Cause we knew it was happening. She's like in her, basically I said, you know what, let the family come we need to say goodbye. And, um, so he came, flew out from Toronto and then, uh, he was like, he just texted me. He's like, Hey, he's like, we're going to be here for two days. Any chance you want to get together? I was like, sure. And, uh, I said, come out over. I said, we don't have a lot going on this weekend. It was pouring rain all weekend. So we we're just going to hunker down, do some inside things. And, um, and he's driving out here, He finished visiting with my grandma and then he's driving out here, he goes, you know, it's kind of raining right now and I'm not sure how you guys feel about the COVID protocol, but you know, if we want, we can stay on the porch and we can talk through the windows. <laughs> it's like, why don't you just come inside? He goes, I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> and it's, it's weird because you don't know how they're, they're from Toronto. I mean, he's a lawyer. And uh, she's, a, she's got like a child psychology degree or something like that. And so you never know, right? But, oh, it's so nice. And I told him, I said, you know what? You, you guys are the first company we've had in over a year. We haven't entertained anyone in over a year. And they said, you're the first people we've actually gone over to their house to visit with in over a year, you know? And so they're here for about three hours. It was so much fun. It's, oh. And during right now, like during our regulations, that is Against the law. It's illegal. <laughs> you know what I guess? Like, we're quite the criminals here, you know, we're breaking the law, but it was so much fun. I I miss that. I'm like, wow, I can't believe how weird this, it is. And just having people over had its own excitement and they felt the same way, just coming over and hey, you want some cookies and some tea and is oh, it's so good. It was blast. So I'm excited for you to have company this weekend. Yeah. It's a good time. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Um, Real quick on the COVID thing, too. So we're opening, well, we're supposed to start opening up in Alberta here. uh, Because right now, we are actually in the most stringent lockdowns that we've had to date. Um, It's crazy. Oh, yeah. The Wuhan sniffles, you know, they want to, they're going to milk it for all it's worth. But um, so they've got this opening plan. And you know what they've tied it on? They've tied it, one of the metrics is people in the hospital, which were. They say, okay, for the first opening stage of like stage three or whatever, we have to be under this many hospitalizations, which we are right now. And we have been for like a week or two, but it also has to be 60% of the population has been vaccinated or maybe 50 stage two is X number of people or, you know, active cases, hospitalizations, blah, 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 60% vaccination. And then the, the last and final stage, there has to be 70% of the population vaccinated. And then the government says, you know what? Vaccinations will not be mandatory, <laughs> but freedom. <laughs> but you can't actually go to a restaurant until this number of you had your vaccines. And it's like, it's like me saying, listen, I am going to feed you. I'm not going to starve you. But if you don't become a Catholic, you don't get food. I'm not starving you. But if you don't become a Catholic, you don't get food. Or if you don't become a, a, a Hindu or a Buddhist or a Nazi, you don't get food. It's like that is called mandatory. You know? It's, it's like <laughs> it's like hiding a gun in a garbage bay, pointing at it, and say, I've got a real gun here, but I'm not, I'm not holding you a gun point. This is a bag. I'm holding you a bag point. It's like, come on, just tell the truth. You know, quit quit politicianing it. Oh, yeah, well. I,
0: uh, I don't go out very often because I frankly don't have to. I yeah. worked. I worked amongst you humans for a long time, and uh, I'm sick of you. So, <laughs> yeah. but no, I went, That's and, why we get along. went to get my uh, my Shingrix, uh Volume Two, uh, <clears throat> my Shingles vaccine booster, uh, and get a haircut on Thursday. And it was right around a couple of days after the whole we opened up completely. It's just up to you whether you want to wear a mask or not. And I, I wasn't even thinking about it because it's been so long. I had the mask yeah, and put it on, went in and get my hair cut. I'm sitting there and I'm like looking around and about half the people have masks and about half of them don't. I know I've had the COVID vaccine and I wasn't even thinking about it, honestly. Yeah. And I just pulled my mask off at the exact same time. I, I said, F it.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: There's a grandma and a, about a nine-year-old boy standing right next yeah. to me. And, and you boy, didn't actually Like F smiling because I just <laughs> said that word. And the grandma's smiling because I just took off my mask. I'm yeah. like, oh, cool. We well, can all get Crab along pleaser. after
1: pleaser. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Todd, <laughs> the people pleaser. <laughs> you know. Do what you got to <laughs> do.
0: But yeah. uh, there's a, a uh, gentleman of the gay persuasion that uh, works there. And I'm not just assuming Um he cut my hair once that he told me he was gay. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask. And I'm like, I don't know why you're volunteering. Yeah. Um, maybe because I don't wear a wedding ring. I don't know. But uh Hey, thanks, but no thanks.
3: Uh, yeah.
0: I don't wear a wedding ring cause my fat little finger won't fit it anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I'm on my, I had my wedding ring. Then I find, you know, when you get money you get the upgrade. Your your wife gets you the upgrade uh, wedding ring. And then I got fat and I couldn't wear it anymore. Hmm. And then I got a cheap stainless steel ring uh, that I could wear. And it wasn't comfortable. and So I just quit wearing them all together. My, my wedding ring is on my keychain. but
1: Oh, cool. Is it gold?
0: It's uh, white gold and gold. It's based on a one of those jewelry designers Oh yeah, yeah. design the name escapes me but it looks like it has screw heads all the way around
1: it oh yeah yeah i've seen ones like that and it's a
0: cartier design
1: and
0: hmm. uh, uh, <clears throat> anyway so that's all my I, and you know for the whole time i was in the air force the first 11 years it was verboten to wear jewelry because you know yeah yeah worked on the airplanes and it was illegal to wear them hmm. uh, which is odd because you could wear your dog tags
1: yeah that's true hey eh?
0: yeah, even the military is uh has weird isms like that but
1: yeah did you have to wear your dog tags you know i
0: know i'm married you know what does anybody else need to know
1: yeah
3: and so,
0: by the way it, it's if you're one of those people that trying to be a gray man where you're not seen by anybody you just look you look benign you blend into the background yeah one of the things to do is not wear a wedding ring huh um because then the bad guys don't know you have a family they don't know to follow you home find out where you live to take your family hostage blah 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 like any of that's ever gonna happen stop it you morons
1: yeah anyway (laughs) um it's like it's like video games gives them something to do
0: being kidnapped in the United States is so rare as to be statistically um, non-existent, right? Yeah. If you go to um, Central or South America, those chances go exponentially higher.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Real quick, if I'll I go were, back. Can I ask uh, one thing? Quick, do you it, have to do you have to wear dog tags when you're in military no, you oh, just,
0: okay uh, now there are certain times we had to wear them. it was mandatory to wear them like when we were deployed to a war zone oh,
1: okay. but
0: generally you could just wear them
1: okay cool. <clears throat> that was all and and it's
0: different for different branches of service yeah um like when i first joined one of the other branches of service they had to have their dog tags with them all the time although that quickly changed um, I joined the Air Force in 1987,
1: and you know. Hmm. Sorry, sorry, to distract your train of thought. What were you saying about uh, kidnapping South America?
0: Oh, it's you know your chances of being kidnapped in South America are a lot higher than I don't know than Kansas.
1: Yeah.
0: But <clears throat> one of the things I learned <clears throat> when I worked at uh, Homeland Security was uh, if you're a criminal, an American criminal, right, like in the drug trade or the money laundering trade, or you were a rich American and you go to oh, I don't know uh oh god um ah, the name escapes me Venezuela oh no, it's a the big town in eastern Canada, the big port city um, oh
1: I don't, I should know this, I'm a Canadian, not like, no, big port city. See, that port city kind of throws me off because I never think of eastern Canada as ports. I just think of it as like fishing villages.
0: (laughs) It's on the St. Lawrence Seaway.
1: Halifax, no.
0: Is Ontario?
1: Uh, If it's on a seaway, maybe, like, uh, not Toronto.
0: Toronto, sorry, Toronto.
1: Oh, okay. You said it. It's the center of the universe, you know.
0: Well, just no ask, you can't anyone from Toronto I didn't know that Toronto was a big um kidnapping area but and murder area <clears throat> like hitman area for oh, really because you know the Toronto drug trade was pretty big and the the Toronto I don't know mob group hmm. uh, at one point probably not now but at one point in the past they wanted to run the North American drug trade hmm and they were fighting the cartels. They were fighting the American bikers. The they actually fought and won against the American Italian mafia, quote unquote.
1: Hmm. Interesting.
0: Because uh, they had one thing that the none of the others genuinely had in Toronto, and that is they had uh, members of their group that were in the Toronto law enforcement agencies. Anyway. Cool. Well, I just uh, heard something this week, listened to something this week about a famous uh, cartel figure that was kidnapped uh, in Toronto, uh, held for hundreds of millions of dollars in ransom. Uh, but what they wanted was the the raw opium hmm. worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And the the <clears throat> Central American cartel, one was Mexican, one was not. Um, and this one figure ran both of those organizations and they, the, like his number two said, kill him. Huh? They're like, what do you mean? He's the leader. No, you kill him. I'm the leader. Yeah. In fact, if you have him up there, I'll come up there and kill him. Yeah. So it kind of backfired on him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about crime last night with the kids cause we we're driving out to my parents. We we're going there for supper last night and, um, there's some oncoming traffic. This, a uh, you know, like a one lane highway, one lane each way. And there's probably about four or five vehicles in a row coming. And all of a sudden this motorbike pulls out and then another one into our lane. And then like, like literally not enough time to pass. And then just stays right on the center line and literally lane split and like i moved over obviously cuz i'm like what the heck i look back and they both had hell's angels patches on and like when they rode by me i gave them my fist and i put my horn on right i'm like you idiots like literally they're just not they're just not going to wait they're like no <laughs> past these four they're at the very back past four vehicles and so like they're probably halfway through they're passing the second or maybe the third car when they passed me if i hadn't moved over you know they're dealing with a game of inches, and so I was pissed off. These days. see the see the Hells Angels patch, and I was like, "Oh, those Hells Angels!" I'm like, "Ah, and maybe I shouldn't." <laughs> I'm like, ah, "Whatever yeah. you you guys are being jerks." They know it, and they just kept riding. But um, so they were talking to the kids about Hells Angels, and they're like, "So are our bike gangs actually bad?" I was like, "Yeah." He goes, "But what if it's just a group of riders?" I said, "You know, some people like to think they're in a bike gang." Like I said, it's got weird. There are certain bike gangs that are worse than others, but it, the general connotation, if you're in a gang. Uh, you know, not like happy gang old folks time, but if you're in a bike gang, they're doing bad stuff. I'm like, what do you mean? So I said, you know, they, they control drug sales in areas and, and you know, say they all have this part of the city. Another bike gang says, oh, we're going to try and start selling quietly over here. And then this bike gang finds out, then they're going to say, hey, listen, get out of our neighborhood or else we'll kill you. And then they fight. And they say it's for everything. It's like organized crime, you know, uh, drugs, prostitution, all this stuff. And I said, that's how they work. And I said, they're very lucrative. Like, they make a lot of money. And I said, you know, the Hells Angels are a bad one. Uh, here, it, it, the one that was started locally is called the Grim Reapers. Um, actually, one of my, my friends, his his grandpa was one of the founders of the Grim Reapers. Um, but, yeah, and I said, it's just like anything, just like like the mafia or the cartel. Um, you know, these people, they they do crime. And I said, and these people, you know, the higher up you get, the less bad things you necessarily have to do and you just become like the boss and everybody does all the work and it it goes down, down, down to a point where they'll have like, you know, the homeless people or the poor kids on the street doing the dirty work for them and then you get paid, get paid, it moves up and up. And I said, so the guys that have been in it for a long time, they're well to do. Like there's hell's angels that, that have some of the nicest houses in the nicest parts of the city, you know, but it was just interesting. We were talking about that with them last night, good old organized crime.
0: Yeah, I, uh, when I was riding my when I was riding motorcycles, and I had the two Harleys um, at the same time. Nice. I was riding my I was riding my. Uh, uh, oh man, what was it I had? Where?
1: Super Glide, electric Glide, it Dyna Glide, matter. Wide Glide. <laughs> I had a
0: Wide Glide, yeah. Okay. And uh, I was riding it to Lookout Point, Maryland. Right. Okay. In Southern Maryland. It's a state park. And it was the only the longest ride I ever took by myself. Yeah. And I just needed to clear my head that week. Uh threw on my little skull cap helmet, my uh, uh Harley Davidson, Harley Owners Group leather vest, yep. and just took off, right? And I was about halfway there and I stopped to get some gas and a bunch of Mongols came in.
2: Because he game? saw
0: a guy on a Harley with a with a patch. They just wanted to see oh, yeah. what kind of patch it was. And Mongols are the biggest competitor uh to Hell's Angels
2: hmm.
0: in America. And they're also more violent. Hmm. And there was I think six of them.
2: Yeah.
0: And they came in, three on three on either side of me. And they were like, you know, who the F are you? Mm -hmm. and i turn around so they can see that it's just a harley owners thing no other we're not a bike club you know we're not a biker gang we're just a club and generally hells angels mongols all of them they just leave you alone
3: yeah yeah
0: and uh and they're like they, they said some things and i'm like I'm looking down at my feet and I'm just trying to keep my temper under control, and I just decided, "You know what? I looked up at the guy who was talking and I said, "You're either going to whoop my blank or kill me anyway, so just f you." Yeah. and I flipped him off. yeah, and uh, And he just stood there staring at me for a minute, and then he squint, you know his eyes narrowed and said, "Brother." that's the only answer that's going to save your life. And he just started laughing. (laughs) Really? The rest of them started laughing and, uh, he left as, (laughs) you you know, they started leaving one by one. And the, uh, number six, the last guy, he punched me anyway. Oh, well, wasn't hard. Yeah. I think he was trying, but he was a, a little weasel guy. And, uh, I just, you know, moved with the punch, took it and they left and, I wasn't hurt at all. I didn't even have a mark on me.
3: Hmm. Yeah, and I was that's... just like,
0: whew, thank God. Yeah. And then went back, uh, finished my ride, went home, uh, contacted the authorities and let them know what happened. Yeah. Because there were witnesses, so. Hmm.
1: Um, yeah, those kids are vicious. And I knew a couple
0: of them. members of the sheriff's department down there. And, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, the motorbikes are so fun. Oh, so I went and took some packages when it was one day it was pouring rain. I thought, you know, I really don't care. I've got rain gear. I've got everything dry as a bone. And so I went in on the, the highways and I uh, put all these like packages into a garbage bag strapped on the bike. So they stayed dry. And then on the way back, like I was studying some maps, like I've got this, um like a back road map book. And it's like for like places to go fishing, hiking, ATVing and all this stuff. And so I was just piecing together all the gravel roads from the city to where I live. And I found this route and I was like, you know, this looks really cool. I don't know if it's going to work. Looked at it, kind of studied it a bit while I was having, I had like soup and sandwich for lunch. And then, uh, go in on the way back. I'm like, okay, let's do this. And you know, (sighs) I don't know if I'll ever be the guy that puts a phone mount on his motorbike because the, th- the thing I kind of like about my motorbike, mine in particular, a DR650, there's nothing electronic on it, right? Like, it's carbureted. Uh, there's no electronic fuel ignition. It, it has a magneto, it has a spark plug, and it's 100% purely mechanical. There's an alternator, and um, I'm like, you know what? Well, not an alternator, magneto, right? But um, I'm like, why would I want this? Like, And the thing I kind of like, too, is that If my phone rings and I'm riding my motorbike, I don't know it. And when I'm done my motorbike and when I decide, okay, I'm going to stop here. If I want, I can look at my phone and see who was trying to get a hold of me or what was going on. You know, um, obviously I want to make sure my wife doesn't feel, but she can just see where I'm at. She can just look up my location and okay, he's right here. But so I went and I did this whole route and it was some, I found some beautiful gravel roads. And just going from memory, you know, come to a fork in the roads, like, I think it goes like this and this and this, and it's pouring rain the whole time. And I was doing like between 80 to 90 kilometers an hour. Cause the roads kind of get, you know, center strip gets a little bit hard down and packed a little bit, a few places get kind of soft, but man, that was like, oh, like I, I told Steph, I got home and I said, you know what? I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but my favorite pastime is motorbiking. I like it more than I like skiing and snowboarding, which I like just a little bit more than bicycles. And this this dual sport thing, man. Oh, it's I I can't believe it. I feel like this is what I was meant to do. I was <laughs> like, "Oh, it is so fun." And I also I get back and I'm like, "I feel like that was so therapeutic in a way." But I'm like, "I don't think I've never thought of myself as somebody who needed to clear my head, right? I don't. I, I don't ever think that. Oh yeah, I just need some time to unwind, or I need to some therapy. But man, <laughs> I, I get back. I'm like, I'm definitely a better person in a much better space after this after this motorbike ride. And I thought I was in a good space before. Oh, dude, it's it's unbelievable. I absolutely am loving that thing. It's absolutely. like an it's an obsession.
0: Absolutely, it's and I'm gonna tell you. The two greatest joys outside of getting married and, you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, that kind of thing, yeah.
0: That I've had have been riding a motorcycle. Yeah. And shooting an automatic weapon.
3: Oh, I bet.
0: There are two things that (laughs) literally, literally cannot not put a smile on your face. Yeah. No matter what your mood is... You get behind a automatic weapon, <laughs> or you get on a motorcycle. Yeah, and it, a motorcycle that lets you feel the road. You yeah, know, not a not that it's killing your kidneys or your spine, but it puts you in contact, in connection, with the ride. You know, yeah. it's not just like driving a Mercedes down the road. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, you you take a ride for about an hour. Get off that bike! You just—you can't not smile.
3: I know it's unbelievable.
0: Even when I took long rides on a Harley, uh, a rigid framed Harley, and my back was killing me, I was still smiling.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's unbelievable. I, I've never shot an automatic weapon though, but I—I I think it's—I like I hundred percent know what you're talking about because you watch these things, with people that don't shoot, and it's like um. Oh, you know, my buddy's not into guns, but he thought he'd try this once. And they got these videos, and they are just instantly, they're like, and they're like, oh, and their eyes are huge. And it's like, yep. absolutely. oh, I want to do that once. I want to do that. I think that would be a blast. Oh, yeah, good times.
0: So, you know, you and I have talked about this a couple times, and shifting gears here. Yep. Um, <clears throat> that... With all the censorship that's happening now, the corporate censorship, that we're thankful for the podcasting platform.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, guess what? What's that? They have found a way to get their hooks into the podcasting world. Really? And censor it. Huh. It's really starting to affect folks that are that have sponsors or that have advertising that are monetized. Yeah. Uh, so it's not going to affect us at all for a while, yeah. yet. But these huge corporate folks are now starting to buy advertising on the platform itself, not on the individual oh, podcast. Yeah. So you go to your window; you might have a banner on the side or the bottom <clears> about <throat> pot, um advertisers that are advertising with the platform, not with you. Ah. Uh. And then they'll say, well...
1: Hello? Uh Uh-oh. My apologies, folks. We seem to have a disconnection, so I'm going to rejoin the session. Uh, Let's see. Hopefully Todd's still here. Hey, Todd.
0: Well, was that creepy or was that creepy?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's <laughs> so they shut down our podcast while we were talking about them shutting down our podcast.
0: <laughs> exactly. Like Todd's I, about to give out our secret. Turn him <laughs> off. Turn
2: him off.
1: Yeah. Okay, now I got the record going here. Uh, I've got this record to my Roadcaster too, so at least we can, uh, we'll just fill in this little blip with that. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy.
0: Yeah, and uh, I was listening to a podcast i don't even know who the guy is right he's some he's a really famous comedian i don't know who he is never even heard of him um probably because he's an ultra left liberal and uh so i don't know how he can be famous because i've seen some ultra left lib comedians and they're not <clears> funny <throat> at all anyway um but i was listening to the podcast for who the who his guest was right yeah and then they started talking about this phenomenon that's going on and there's, you know, really big corporate sponsors buying uh, pieces of the screen on the platform itself, not on the individual podcast. Yeah. And then, well, you know, we, we, we've got this $50 million advertising contract over three years. And, you know, this podcast here is saying stuff that we feel is hurting our brand. Oh, yeah, it's working.
1: Yeah. That's crazy, hey?
0: Yeah. Because hmm. whoever this guy is, his first name is Bert. Um, uh, anyway, uh, what was I saying? Uh, for, he has two podcasts, apparently. One of them he just has so he can say whatever he wants to say. It's not even named anything having to do with him, right? And he was going off on on some tirades, you know, that was just venting platform. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not even associated with his private label. You know, him as a comedian. Yeah. Oh no, it got deleted. Wow. He said, I went to upload a podcast and he said, they didn't even tell me they deleted me. Hmm. And he had to find out and then go ask them. And they're like, yeah, we deleted you. Why? Cause.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: like, yeah, the, the, our
0: terms of service says we don't have to tell you why. Yeah. Good pound sand.
1: Yeah. That like, that's been happening in Canada lately. Um, like the, so there's a bill that's on the, on the table right now. I think it's bill C 10 or C, I don't know exactly the name of it, but, uh, basically they kind of, they dress it up as saying that, and this been like this for a while, the Canadian government has certain things in place to promote Canadian artists. So any radio station in Canada, a certain percentage of their music has to be a Canadian recording artist. Same thing, it's a CRTC, Canadian regulated, tele, I don't know. But, um, you know, the, the television shows, a certain portion have to be this. Or if you have, like, networks that get brought in, uh, via satellite or something, they pay a certain tax and that tax goes into the creation of Canadian entertainment and blah, 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 blah. It's pathetic. I mean, you know what? Canada holds its own, you know, they they do fine. They've got talent. There's a lot of famous musicians, uh, you know, top quality people like Justin Bieber, (laughs) but but, but you know, there's a lot of actors that are Canadian and, and it's for a small country. I, I don't think you would ever need to enforce stuff with the government because there's some talent here. Um, And so, but anyways, they're kind of dressing it up under that guise, but it gives the government the uh, ability to, you know, not allow certain things on the internet and it's based on internet regulation. And so, and they're saying that, no, we want to make sure that we can promote Canadian creators, but ultimately they're, it's, they're just going to censor and there'll be certain things that we won't be allowed to see certain parts of YouTube that the, the government will say, okay, you know what, this can't come in here. Uh, certain podcasts we would not be allowed to download. Ultimately, it's just phenomenally terrifying. And they're just kind of dressing it up. And even with this whole pandemic, they were going after, if people that had a media presence spoke out against it, the government was seeking them out and giving them fines, you know, harassing. Ultimately, there's nothing they can do. And uh, I, I mean, Alberta is somewhat safe. I mean, I, I certainly don't like our government, but You know, even with that, so if you don't go to this quarantine hotel, when you come back, um, it's supposed to be an $800 fine. And this was all like a directive from the federal government, but Alberta has yet to enforce it one time. So when you land, if you fly into like Calgary is one of the international airports that you can land in. So my mom came back from Phoenix, went, land in Calgary, stood in line. She said she'd never been closer to anybody in like eight months because like move forward, move forward. And they shove all these people into a small little room. She said, literally it was shoulder to shoulder. When the COVID protocol is six feet apart, right? Like fully retarded, just like everything the government decides to do. But, um, if she would have just gone out and said, no, I'm not going to do this. Technically she could have a $800 fine, but every night you stay in a COVID hotel is $1,200 so that right there. You're saving money, but not once has Alberta enforced it. They said, oh, okay, fine. Just let them walk. Um, but yeah, no, it's crazy. And then like, like, like people getting singled out and. They'll, they're they're in using intimidation tactics because ultimately with our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, they, they can't do certain things they want to do, which is terrifying because, you know, that was put in place to protect us from tyranny, right? From somebody who literally just wants to control the population. That's why we have those documents in place. It's just like your Declaration of Independence, right? Like, or no, your... Uh, Bill of Rights. Uh, Bill of Rights, yes. Same thing. It's to protect the people for the future. And man, right now we are actually leaning heavily on that document on the charter of rights and freedoms from the government that we have right now. Like that is literally saving our bacon. It's helping us to win in court, it's helping us not to be jailed, not to be fined. That freaks me out, you know? But anyways, that's and so you know what? Like like I don't first of all I'm kind of like whatever. You know, if you're loud and boisterous and noxious, then you're on a list. And people are like, Hey, look out for this guy. And if things were to get really, really, really bad, I don't want to be on a list. Right? <laughs> I want to be like the the quiet guy that, that tried killing Hitler, who's his right-hand man. You know, that guy's kept quiet. Obviously where, where did he feel in his heart? And, and people say, Oh, the silent majority need to be loud and stuff. And I don't know if we're there yet. I hope we don't get to that point, but I don't know if we're there yet. Who knows? Hopefully we'll just all get vaccinated and then we'll just this all go back to normal and then we'll we'll be able to realize that this was literally just about a medical uh scare and not anything else. <laughs> anyway, well, we, well.
0: at least some of the some outcropping of the uh media and political power here in America is uh, turning on uh, the machine at least a little bit now that they can't they can't um, hide certain facts anymore because they had that big leak that uh, the <clears throat> Biden administration knows and have known for a while about the the Wuhan lab and that's really where it came from and shut up about bats uh, yeah. they're still trying they're, they tried to squash it again yesterday but it's out yeah you know for real, for real, mm-hmm. and uh hopefully that'll start uh, you know catching uh getting <clears throat> getting traction and moving forward, and yeah just putting this thing to bed, uh yes. at least how it started, why it started um it it was created in a Chinese lab um a worker was inadvertently affected by accident. And she left the lab, and there you go.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, That's more than likely what really happened. And and at least in Todd's opinion. So, yeah, it's it's horrible. Should China pay reparations? Yes. But, you know, whatever.
3: Yeah.
0: They're not going to, so just deal with it.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, uh, Justin— Justin Trudeau has, um, he's working with Chinese medical researchers and he's there. The right now the house of commons is trying to fight with him so that he's not able to give them access to Canadian healthcare data, but he thinks he should. <laughs> it's really well, wow. anyways, we can't get into this. I got, I got to take off here right away. All right, man. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it's been a, you know, it's me. Been a
0: really great show it has. other than, uh, Corporate, uh, censorship. <laughs> you know, big corporation turning me off.
1: Yeah, they're on to us. I can't believe we're that big yet, Todd. Like, they're literally eavesdropping. No, that's twice now. Yeah. That's
0: twice. We've started a conversation about censorship, and one of us has lost our internet.
1: Yeah, that's true. So we should just turn their mics on and say, hey, why don't you talk to us? If you're listening to us, you may as well just chat with us.
0: Yeah, let's have a Discord. Maybe that's you can right. change my mind. That's
1: like right. <laughs> and then also they come on. Okay, I'll agree to that. I knew you were spying on me. <laughs> right on. Well, thank you everybody for listening. Sorry to drop this thing off short, but I got to run here. And uh, yeah, if you like this show, tell your friends. Whatevs. We, we like doing it. We're going to keep doing it regardless. So uh, if you can stand listening to us, thanks for hanging out. We appreciate it. And Todd, it's great talking to you again. Enjoy your company this weekend.
0: Absolutely. Uh, you enjoy it. Get out on that motorbike.
1: Oh, yeah. You, you don't have to try and ask me to do that. <laughs> right on. All right, Talk folks. to you again next week. Sounds good.